Hello listener, and welcome to The Wake, otherwise known as May's edition of Black and White Noise, the official Dunfermline Athletic Podcast. I'm Stephen Dunkerley, and my co-host is Michael Thomas. Hello. We're joined today by our guest, Davy Honeyman. Uh, Davy, in our first recording, we had Ross MacArthur, and last time we were joined by Joe Cardo, so there's no pressure on you at all. Uh, but you can maybe kick off by explaining how long you work for the club and what you do. To be fair, I've had a couple of spells at the club. Uh, firstly, it was uh, back in the day, I suppose, when uh, the, the old stand, old dressing rooms, uh, Bert Peyton was, uh, was uh, in charge of the kind of community department along with pretty much all the other departments. Paul DeMello was still in charge and I was, uh, I was kind of wet behind ears. Uh, and I enjoyed uh, five and six years full time at the club. Hamish uh, French was the manager, sorry, was the, was the community manager, looked after the community programme when uh, when I left uh, and we went to Plastic Pitch. And I remember the day, uh, crystal clear, I was on the pitch and, and my phone goes, it was actually my first mobile phone, that tells you how long ago. <laughs> uh, and Hamish looked at me, I don't think Hamish has actually got a phone now. Uh, and he says, uh, you're going to answer it, so I did, and nervously. Uh, to cut a long story short, from there on, I did a job at the SFA in Fife Council, uh, and for a number of years I've worked there, uh, and just recently, over the last four or five years, I've uh, been back involved with the club, uh, but most of the, the football staff side with the manager, uh, and Pots and Sandy, etc., doing the, the match analysis, mm-hmm. uh, and looking at the, the data and the footage and stuff that, that we retrieve from from games, uh, home and away, and, and some practice matches and reserve games and stuff as well. So uh, it's kind of focused with their fourth, fifth season, sorry. Uh, and it's good, it's good. Thanks, Derry. And we're also joined by, uh, from Deepest Darkest Fife, Jordan Burt, who came here to help us with the tech. But when I realised how far he's gone, he's going to help us out. First thing you should do, Jordan, what's your website? It's www.jordanburtfootball.com. Thank you very much. Is that um, one with all the pop-ups in it? <laughs> can, he, can he click them off and follow you around? Is that the one? No, hope not. <laughs> uh, now, our first feature, as always, is a recap of the games since we last recorded a podcast, and there's been quite a few. So we'll not go into in-depth knowledge, unless, David, you've got something you specifically want to tell us about. Uh, but tail end, of, tail end of March, we've had a, a double-header at home, uh, Queen of the South and Livingston, thankfully took six points out of six as I think Joe Cardell told us we were going to do, which was good on. Uh, Queen of the South game, I remember mostly for a hat-trick by Nicky Clark, which was a good return to goal-scoring form. Another uh, hat-trick by Nicky Clark. Another hat-trick, yeah. yeah. And the Levy game was, it was the Ashcroft Polly game, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, no, it was a header, wasn't it? Help me out, guys. The ball was against Bacon. The ball was against Bacon. I head against Louis. I'll tell you what, I was, I was actually, I was in Ireland at the time, I was watching it on Paris TV, but I was putting the bed, the kids to bed, so I was kind of in and out of the game. No, no excuses. I came back and saw we'd had a, that Louis were taking centre, I thought it must be 1-0, uh, and I didn't see the goal till after, so there you go. An Ashcroft <laughs> header. Uh, what I remember mostly about the game, it was very, very tense. Mm. We defended very well, but it was quite hard on mouth, especially at the end. Uh, then I remember that penalty incident, mm. what's your view? What, the one that should have been a penalty? <laughs> well, there you go. I, I, I thought it was 50-50, I've got to say. I thought, I thought it could have gone either way. I didn't think it was a terrible decision, but I'm quite biased. To be honest with you, it was outside the box. It was outside, it was, was it? It was outside the box. Ah, well, so, just what I know. And, and that, that, that still means it might have been a penalty, <laughs> uh, depending on how the, the referee kind of, kind of used that. And after the game, it was a... It was it was wet, it was windy, the lights were on. It was one of the kind of old fashioned kind of game. Mm-hmm. And to be fair to a man, I thought the guys were 
were absolutely fantastic. They were, they're exactly what was asked of them. And uh, Livingston's probably the, in terms of physicality, they probably the hardest team in the league to play against. Uh, and it's, it's been great in, in terms of the points that we've uh, <clears throat> we've taken a place in this year. They've never uh, managed, to, and you could see. Uh, the manager, he was, he was kind of raging after the game, and tension was, <laughs> tension was, was high and stuff. And uh, it's sometimes these things go through, sometimes they don't. And it's one of the ones where if you don't get a free kick or a penalty, then you you can be screaming blue murder. And if if it goes away unnoticed, then you. Uh, but to be fair, it's a great moment uh, the last five or six games for ourselves, and it was just a, another one of the moments that was, was it felt great after the game. It mm. felt as if we got exactly what we deserved because uh, the guys really dug in. It wasn't a nice game in terms of it wasn't pretty football, but in terms of game plan and in terms of how the guys set up, it was everything with the plan and they were brilliant. Once or twice this season we've kind of taken a fairly early lead and we've held on to it really, really well. But the thing that's encouraging, I'm thinking of games like uh, Falkirk, turn of the year, uh, the Dundee United it was no no and then, but they were kind of turn the year as well, they were pressing us. We've always looked at a threat on the break, even when we're quite deep. And it was the same against Livy, we still had good chances to, to make it 2-0 and kill it off. Albeit, you know, we didn't take them, but it's still, it's been quite heartening that we've looked solid at the back, but it's not been, you know, no attacking options. So, I don't know if there's been a change of style or anything, Davey, or it's just... If you just, if you look at the, the strengths of the, the forward players, then obviously they're there to score goals and but if you look at their strengths, they're, they're quick, they're direct, and, and Sandy and manager and Potts, and, and that, that's what the demand for them, just go and be positive, go and take a chip, go and take a risk, go and, go and uh, really work as hard as you can, and, and it doesn't matter how good you are, if you're under pressure, then you're less of a player, so I mean, if Dickie's running at you, or Nicky's running at you, or Higgy, and, uh, if these guys are coming at your pace, uh, it causes you a problem, and, and often if, if you're defending, a free kick or a corner, often that's one of your best chances to score a goal because the other team is vulnerable to mm. a counter-attack, especially if, and especially with, with, with Robo and the goals, to be fair, he can he can distribute the ball as, as well as anybody I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not just, he, he does it every day in training, you see him in, in even the warm-ups and stuff, it's, it's like a, it's like an arrow. Mm. So it's, it's, it's no... You know, don't work day in day out on, on counter-attacking these things but everybody knows everybody's strengths so that if they're defending a, a set play or a, or a, or a corner or, a, or even a long ball for instance and, and they've got their opposition's got everybody at the pitch then we know that uh, the guys are lightning quick and they're quick to counter and stuff so and early on in the season if you think it hearts it at Tynecastle it was the same in terms of the pace and Callum Smith and, and Dickie and the boys were absolutely buzzing Joe's uh, goal and stuff as well it was great and, and people tend to relax a wee bit if they're an attacking set play mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really we're thinking as soon as we win the ball back here or if the goal gets it that's when you can switch on and really yeah. go forward so uh, a lot depends on what the other team do and how they, how they attack and mm-hmm. stuff as well I've come to it later on but Robinson's been an inspired signing I've counted up the last 18 league games that you know, we played in 11, 11 goals conceded you know, if you, if you can replicate that again next season, you're, you're going to be fighting up the top of the league, regardless of you know whether you score, score quite as many goals as we did this year or not. If you can concede as few as that, you've always got a chance. Uh, speaking about enjoyable moments of the season, Higgy's goal at Falkirk, he, he seemed to take great delight in that. I uh, <laughs> don't know if it was even going in when he hit it, but no, I think it was. But uh, it was a, a beautiful moment to see it skip off the defender and, and, and the goal. 
the, the abiding thought I had of that game though was the, the amount of energy we had in midfield. For the first hour, it's, it's, I've never seen a Dunfermline team press quite like that. Uh, Beedling, Craigan in the middle, you know, it was it never, never ending. And when we did have the ball, we passed it about very well and created good chances. Could, could have had four or five goals, the keeper had a couple of good saves and, and Clarkman could have buried a header or two. Uh, Dave, you may have managed the stats. Was there any, for the, for the data, can you remember, is there any sort of hint that they were running more that game or was there any game plan to really press them or is it just the way it happened when I dance again? See, when, you, when, when the guys, even before the game starts, and, and they finish their warm-up and, and they're, they're human beings, they hear the noise, they hear the fans behind the goals, they hear people outside still getting to their seats, the atmosphere and stuff in the, in the dressing room as well and when you're in the dressing room you can you can still hear the fans outside and, and there wasn't many there wasn't many away fans, sorry home fans singing and, and kind of cheering, all you can hear is the Dunfermline fans and, and I don't, uh, I'm, I'm in my position ready to do the game when the, when the teams and stuff come out and, and you can feel the goosebumps as well, but the, the boys are absolutely flying, they're buzzing, and they're confident, they're feeling strong, which helps a, a, an early start. And, and if, if you start quick in the game and you get some joy in the game, then again it builds confidence with the, with the players that are higher up the pitch. And with the guys defending really well and, and rope on the goals, that alone gives you confidence to really go and maybe take a risk and get forward mm -hmm. and, and the fullbacks get forward as well. Uh, so I mean, it's a combination of things really. Uh, is, and just things that work for the week. The atmosphere in these games think take care of themselves, they allow for a good start. And if you think of the games over the season that have had a big atmosphere, but even Hibs last year and stuff as well, when you think about Easter Road and the, the massive crowd, and we support it's fantastic. And it just gives you a lift. Uh, and the boys feel that and, and kick on for you. I was so if this Heggy scored, Air scored, and then about a minute or two after Air scored, they had a free kick and James Craigan was up to take it. I thought this will be all three Falkirk ex-players are going to score, but it never <laughs> quite came off. But uh, what did we make of the penalty incident there? I, I was I was at the game and thought it was fair enough, but I haven't seen it again. I'm not sure. Um, Anyone remember? I can't remember. <laughs> 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 An awful lot's happened since then. I know. I, mind, I know. It? It's a striker attack down the box. I did got a slice of the ball, and it's happened quite quickly. I think the ball's only travelled. Maybe. A metre, a metre and a half, if that, at pace, and they've come together. And you're right, Nick, he's, 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 he's been aggressive, he's won the ball. Huh. Uh, and he's, I can't remember who it was that he tackled, to be fair, but he's, they've went down uh, just through the force of the tackle. It wasn't a dive, I don't think, but he's went down with the force of the tackle. And, and I'm thinking Connor, like everybody else. And when you look at back, the camera angle that, that we had was, wasn't the clearest because there was a couple of players in the way in terms of the view. So, you don't really think about it because it's didn't have a massive impact and kind of what happened, but it was uh, a hellish aye. last 10 minutes, I'll tell you that. <laughs> aye, it <laughs> had a big impact on my heart rate. It was exciting, that's for sure. I think that um, that almost epitomises how we were over that last part of the season that we managed to almost bring both sides of our game together at the start of the season. We showed how good we were going forward. Uh, middle part of the season we had to try and grind out results and while maybe the results didn't come the performances was always there and there was always just that little bit lack in this mm -hmm. final quarter of the season especially we really seemed to the Livingston game that was spoken about the Falkirk game there after the penalty their games when we were running the season we might not have got that win or might not, got, might not have got that point and I think that's what 
Um, allowed us to get into the uh, the playoffs ahead of Inverness, and I'm sure you'll come on to it about the the away game against Inverness. And again, I think that kind of epitomises everything about the team that they built over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. They had that mentality to continue going, and as you said, the fans have came out and uh, supported the players, and I think that that togetherness really brought the club to where it was. Yeah. Like you say, about the Inverness game, I will skip over the, the game in between, which was breaking. It's uh, kind of a routine win, but two two goals to not. Uh, the volley from Ashcroft. Like it, it was a hit, no, wasn't it? <laughs> like I was saying earlier, the volley from Ashcroft was a, a beauty. Yeah. I, I was watching it last night. You've seen Fraser Aird score. I, I saw it live, but I've never seen I, I didn't always watch the highlights. Like myself. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it catches right in the, you know, it basically hits the post, doesn't it? It just skims off the post I, inside now. I don't know what you guys think, but when it happened, I remember saying on the, the Parish TV commentary, it's reminiscent of his goal against Livingston. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I said, I think that one's better. Yeah, that's better. And when I asked Fraser after the game, he said he felt that that one was better as well. And yeah. I know people say that the breaking defenders don't close them down as much, so he had a lot more room to, to score. But what I would say is, the one against Livingston wasn't right in the corner, although it was a perfect strike. Mm-hmm. The one that he scored against Breakin, you could have had Buffon or Neuer or yeah. whoever you wanted in goals. I don't think they were ever going to get it. They were both eyes. So I think, uh, I think that one was clearly... Um, the better of the two goals. I think did, some, did somebody not get the video of the two and sync them up and they were re- remarkably similar. Aye, I have not, I've not seen that. Just, it takes me That's back really to Barry Nicholson and Archie Gemmell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Favourite moments of all time, watching the first. <laughs> uh, so I've got here the, the probably the biggest game of the season, so it's certainly that time, mm. was Inverness away. Uh, were you there, Michael? Oh, no, you know, I, I kind of felt that important game at Inverness it's an awful long way to go for a sporting event Steve I think you'd have to be pretty crazy to go all that way where uh, did you did you go? No I was in Monte Carlo watching tennis <laughs> uh, but the moment of the season I would say has to be the Nicky Clark equaliser uh, just to the, the reaction of the fans I, I know it didn't mean anything ultimately but just uh, the outpouring of emotion there's nothing quite like travelling all that way 96 minute equaliser that means so much. It feels, uh, it feels like a win. Yeah. Oh, aye. It feels yeah. like, yeah, and, and being on the other end of the season end, it feels like a defeat. Uh, it feels like a cost in the nest in the end. Uh, even, even arriving at the ground in, in, the, in the bus, when the players got off the bus, there was there was the family supporters getting packed in their cars, they were kind of in the town centre, even when we left for the hotel, we got to the ground, there was, there was a there was a paper pig dressed up as paper somebody dressed up as paper pig, somebody with a wig we heard into their, their heels. It was it was uh, in the atmosphere it was great. And the players the players feel that the players see that when they come off and the, the cheering and the yeah. and, the, and the kids and the and the, uh, the some of the maybe older fans who have maybe had a pint or two, let's say. Uh, and it was great nature, it was great that was, and all these things help and yeah. warm up and stuff as well. It was it had been a nice day and the and the guys had been up and, uh, feeling good about themselves, and again, you, you see the supporters, and, and from from the pitch, you can actually see it out in the motorway coming in, just because of the one stand that's going to open, uh, and you can see, you can feel it, you can hear people yeah, coming in, and yeah. you, can, you know it's going to be a good support and stuff, and, and the guys go back into the restroom after the warm up, again, they got a lift for that, they got a lift for that, and again, towards the end was 
the river know what happened to the guy that fell back over the barrier. <laughs> no, I saw that the video was brilliant. I, I've, I'm, watched I'm sure it, it was I've watched it back about seven or eight times and I've never seen it. It's going to be still in Burnett. I was sitting 25 degree heat, you know, trying to watch a tennis semi-final, but I was just like, and the pars were on, the pars were on, so... When, when Ryan uh, scored, Ryan scored? Yeah, I'm sure, sure it was. I kind of thought, it takes a good team to come back and score two goals against us, you know, when we're 1-0 up. I was quite confident we would go on there, it was just a shame we lost the goal so quickly afterwards. It's a wee Achilles heel happened the same at Tanadice in the league game as well. But to be fair, it was a kind of dodgy free kick, wasn't it? And then it was, you know, there's not much you can do about it. It was a, it was a hell of a good finish. But uh, a great team spirit to see them come back. Mm. It set us up really well for the Dumbarton game, which was, because of the sending off, was quite routine in the end. But it's lovely to see Roy Barry bring up the Scottish Cup before the match. A really nice start to the, the game. And then Higgy kind of stole the show from there. I thought you were going to say Ryan Williamson stole the show, but it's close <laughs> to the actual went in. I was, I, I, was, <laughs> I was going to come, I thought, I thought, I thought Higgy's volley and then his takedown and, and then uh, side foot past the keeper and then the pell driver that came off the bar were deserving of some credit. Yeah, it was a real shame that one didn't drop in. That's, that's what a strike. One of the great pars hat tricks that would have been up, mm. up, up beside uh, the legendary Cosmo one, mm. which gets better and better because it's never been filmed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah was the, the Ryan Williamson was full, full Tardelli celebration. It was fantastic. It was magnificent, wasn't it? He looked so happy. Oh, he was, was so happy. It was like he'd run through the entire team and rifled in the top corner. He couldn't, <laughs> couldn't be any, any happier with life. Uh, so, just, just another five years till his next one. <laughs> well, that's to be fair, it was, and, and, and you could see everybody on the ground, everybody was, was so, it was, it was like a kid at Christmas. And to be fair, he's a nice little lad you'll never meet. And, Occasionally, after, well, occasionally, after games, after the manager and, and, and Sandy and Watson and Westies had a look at what they wanted to see in terms of how, how the game planned out or the next game, then uh, occasionally the players would see how things in the game and stuff like that mm-hmm. were good, bad, or indifferent. And, uh, and I've, I don't think I've ever had kind of 15 players over a laptop <laughs> to look at Rizal's goal, and, or, or not so much the goal, it was just a celebration, and, and Joe's is. I was kind of just thought he was going to run away up the tunnel and just going a bit upstairs. That was him. Uh, but no, to be fair, fantastic because he's been through a lot. Uh, to get to get the goal and you can see what it's yeah, fantastic moment. It was great. There's that um, there's that second angle we sometimes get on the on the highlights. Um, alternative angle. Yeah, the alternative angle with the it's like super high res and slow motion and uh, what a great shot of, of Ryan running. Round behind the goal, it was it was brilliant. We were playing hell music in the back. Uh, <laughs> a wee word for Joe as well, though, because it was he'd gone shoot, shoot, and we made a dribble, and it's like he's lost the chance, and then he plays a beautiful Aye, pass through. Yeah, yeah. Well. Ryan makes a good move as well. He made a lovely little Aye. step back just to get the space. So, so. that took us the end of the season, put us in fourth place, ten games unbeaten, which we needed because obviously Livingston came home with a uh, not Livingston, Inverness came home with a, a wet sail, <laughs> and uh, we, we just pipped them. So. All, all optimism going to the playoffs, the downside being Dundee United. No, had a great season, but we can't tend to beat them. <laughs> I thought the home game we played exceptionally well. Mm. I still don't know how the McManus header didn't go in. I was up celebrating it and then realised the ball wasn't in the net. Uh, but you know, I, I, th- I thought we were going to win the game until we had a, a man sent off, and I thought that was an extremely poor decision. I haven't seen it again. Anyone want to stick up for the ref? I, I, the best I can think is that he was he was applying the, the sort of non-existent last man rule. It's, it's certainly, but I mean, because he maybe was the last man, but he certainly wasn't a, a clear 
goal-scoring opportunity. It was uh, about 30 yards out, and there was defenders closing in. I, I can't understand that one. Um, unless he's given it as an elbow. That, that was uh, that was mooted. I don't know if anyone... Literally, goal scored number two. Is that, is that what it's for? For me, and it's a, I'm looking at my high horse here, but for me, it's not even a free kick. It's not even a free kick. Yeah. And, and you, you just you collapsed. Could see, and, uh, to be fair, uh, it's probably the latest I've left a midweek game in terms of head home is, is after that game because uh, just to kind of look at it, and, and even, even still pictures, uh, and, 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 and as yourself, he, he said that he told you about him on the first ball, and, and he's got his boy in a good position. And he's, he's protecting the ball, and Scott McDonald can't get near the ball. Mm. The ball's there's a ball. Ashy Scott McDonald. Yeah, I should look at the ball as it's coming over his right shoulder. It's from and he's protecting. He can't even see what Scott McDonald's doing. Mm. And and then he goes and and you can see the reaction. The, the, the players they just couldn't believe it. Yes. For me, I think that over the two games, that, that's probably the most disappointing thing is that we were on top at that time in that game, and you, you can't see. Definitely score a goal, but the chances are we would have scored a goal with it mm-hmm. shooting towards uh, the, the home end and stuff as well. Yeah. And just just the way the boys were going and the way that the, the way they felt in the game, they're good momentum. Everybody's playing really well, defending great, and they came up with the changes and you've got to change the shape and the manager made a couple of changes uh, for the for the good to, to, to try and protect that wee bit. Still yeah. threatening going forward, oh. even with Nicky was kind of up there himself sometimes. He almost nicked it with that header. It's a fantastic no. save that. I, mean, that, 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 mm-hmm. I think that was the best save of a lot. That one in there. Tipped the ball over for Razor Air. Yeah, well. That was a great save too. It was a decent save in the first half. But, um, Robinson had a good one earlier than that as well. I worked for Robinson there. I can't remember who hit it, but it was a fantastic save. No, it just, it just kind of tipped it past the post, didn't it? It looked mm-hmm. like it was in for all money. And then, uh, so did, I came away feeling quite positive, thinking I'd done fair on team in the past. Playing 35 minutes, yeah. you know, now against the team that finished above them in the league, you know, I, I would expect yeah. us to lose one, two, no, maybe. But Even mid-season, the Dunfermline team, this Dunfermline team mid-season would have would have lost that game. But as you were saying, Jordan, the the, the spirit was was fantastic. I was very impressed. They seemed like they knew what to do. Mm. I know they probably practiced these scenarios and said, <laughs> I'm sure 11 against 10 is no new to them, but. Uh, once they got over the first speed, five ten minutes spell, I, I, I kind of thought they were going to hold on. Uh, you always hope they sneak, sneak the one now, but you know, think take no now, one off game, give it a go. That's what happened. Got the one off game, started brilliantly, cracking work for air on the on the wing. Coach just finished by McManus, which was nice to see because he's gone through a bit of a goal scoring drought. Uh, and. Looked for all money, we were going to get the second one. Dominated the first half. However, couldn't get that second goal. The one thing I would say, what did you make of the McManus chance when he was right through on goal? It reminded me at the start of the season against Falkirk when he scored one like that. And I, 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 I mind him going through on goal against Falkirk, I thought he was going to score here. And having seen him go through against United, I didn't think he was going to score. To be fair to Declan in the game, his, his application and his work rate is absolutely first class. And as you compare, it's a tough one to compare because there's, there's so much daylight, there's so much space. And if you actually look at the footage and, and stick up for him a wee bit, he actually, he actually looks left twice mm-hmm. to see the, the alignment because you kind of believe he's, he's on side to be fair. And, and, and you kind of criticise it. I mean, it's, it's, you're in the moment. The, the one at Tencastle has probably happened a bit quicker in terms of there's, there's more players running about him and stuff like that as well. 
Yeah, it's more more instinctive. Your right wing is Falkirk. He's kind of pipped through by Higgy and he takes a touch and scores. He's got a wee bit more time. And and, again, you've got players kind of all levels saying that. And sometimes if you've got more time, it becomes more difficult. Mm. Uh, I think it's the idea that's up beside him. And uh, for whatever reason, they. If it's, if it's slots in, then we're never even speaking about it. Ah, yeah, it's never, it's yeah. very, very difficult because even the first goal for me to actually to, 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 to keep the space for the first goal to stay away, stay away to, for the late run, but then to put the ball in the net was was good striking mm-hmm. play because that, that, that's what he does. And, and fair, fair play to him, you can see what it meant to him. But the bread and butter one, the one that we see is at that moment in the game because we hit the bar just after it or just cut the bar as well. You can't put it in there. One moment and stuff, all the stuff. To the, the equaliser was quite a soft goal to lose. I don't know if you could proportion any blame, it's just one of these. Ball just ends up in the net, you know, how, how did that happen? Kind of thing. So it doesn't look like there's a great deal of danger, but McDonald just nips in from the keeper. <laughs> if they again look close, it comes off, it comes off Ash's shoulder, I think it is, in, in the challenge. And it, it just breaks and it goes through. It goes through uh, Robo and Nicky's legs. Only just he's only a yard away. Mm-hmm. And it feeds them and it just kind of the, the ball moves back like the can and it's just their feet. And another day it hits one of the, one of the four legs if you like, and yeah. it doesn't happen. It's exactly. Even yeah. the second goal as well. And all right, the guys did really well. The player could have defended better higher at the pitch, but then as he's driving towards the goal, his calm lost is great. He loses control of the ball, and then. It bubbles over, uh, over Cal, and then he regains, he regains control of the ball inside the box. And then, as, as he's, he actually loses control, it takes a wee bubble, and it's just one of these things. It just yeah, you don't look at it that closely if it's your team that scores. If it's not, then you're looking at the long goals. Yeah, and you can see it's, and ultimately you've got to put the ball in the net. That's that's what wins football matches. A cruel, cruel way to end of the season. Yeah, no, no comeback for that, and they've played so well, and just. Uh, can't even say it fell short because they're a better team over the two games. It's just unlucky with a referee in decision and one or two breaks. But yeah. I don't think it's what it is. This, this ending up in the first game, I mean, you, you played 40 minutes at home with, the, with 10 men. It killed the momentum and it, it was always going to be tough going up to Paradise. Just, yeah. a, just a shame. The thing with that is, but as a referee, you've got to be sure if you're in a playoff, I don't know what Carr can back to, but if you're in a playoff game with two legs and it's that important, if you're going to send a boy off for hauling someone down 40 yards for goal, You've got to be absolutely sure, you know, it's a clear goal scoring opportunity. Uh, and he can't have been absolutely sure. I don't know exactly what he had seen, but mm. it, it obviously wasn't it what happened. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the appeal. Not that it, not that it really makes a difference now, but. I guess it will for the start of the season. Well, though. yeah, start of the season, certainly. But, um, yeah. And did anyone see, just tidy up what's going to happen in the playoffs? It doesn't relate to us, but did anyone see the United Livingston game? No. This is the last. So Twitter minutes on the radio, and it, it certainly sounded quite exciting. Ah, uh, Flood had a meltdown after he got sent off. I heard, but I think it was a Sean, Sean Burn. I think it was a heavy challenge, but I don't, didn't see it. I just threw the commentary, and, and I don't think Flood uh, was uh, enjoyed the challenge as much as Sean, and he's jumped up, and I think he's pushed him. <laughs> whatever I'm, he's pushed him over, etc. And he's, he's kind of just he's just lost it. That's the ship that does it as well. To be fair, anybody would push the camera out of their face. The cameraman was in his face. Uh, yeah, it's probably the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yes. Thanks to be doing that. He can play. Well, if he can play, that's for sure. He doesn't give the ball away much. He always knows that. He's against United. I always threw him all. 
never gets the ball, goes to United, man, you know, it's quite impressive. Yeah, he's decent. Uh, so, winner of that will play either Pats for Ross County in the, the playoff final. Probably a coin flip. I don't know, I've not seen a, enough of them to speak intelligently about it, but I'd say it's 50 50. It's where they go through against Ireland, we'll give them a game. That's, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, kind of half want to see United go up just a little bit. Didn't have to play them next season, but don't know what it's the health they're going to be in. Uh, so that's us brought up to date with so far. Just touch on one or two of the latest bits and bobs at the club. When we, we had the podcast last time, we spoke to Joe about the, the SPFL Community Project of the Year. Dunfermline had been uh, nominated in the final four. They did the presentation at Tyne Castle, uh, led by one of our old teachers, Gennaro Cadici, mm-hmm. and they won it. Uh, I think there was other clubs that even voted for it, very impressed by, impressed by the sort of Pars family, how all the players are involved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spoken over a thousand children uh, from schools in the area, outlining the benefits of healthy living, getting the players along to, you know, these are the, the heroes for some of these boys and girls yeah. that they speak to, and just letting them know about their, their routines. So. Really, really good to see after all the stuff we've had in the past with administration and how we're looking at Bill Bridges. A really good thing to see us win something like that so so quickly. Yeah, just just one more example of how the club really seems to be becoming more of a community club again and really engaging with people. It's, it was great. And I think um, Gennaro said on one of the internet forums that it was it was the presence of the players that really swung it because the other teams I don't think had, had really had the players involved as much as, as we had or, or at all. I'm not sure. But um, not studied all three uh, competitors. Sadly, I, I didn't. Uh... Good news is Gennaro will get to uh, speak at the Sports Council meeting on uh, Thursday, the twenty fourth of May, which will be in the Purpose Week. So mm-hmm. just something for everyone to attend. Do you normally go to them, Jordan? The Sports Council meetings. Yeah, I've usually attended most of them. Um, they're usually quite good evenings. Obviously, you hear from a, a lot of different speakers from all around the club and the interactions. Obviously, the, the kind of thing that the fans are looking for and there's so many avenues now for the fans to receive this interaction whether it's through something like this like the podcast where you guys are speaking to people like Davey who maybe isn't in the forefront of people's minds as much but still has an important role to make at the club to speaking directly to the chairman and the board I think that's the difference between maybe Dunfermline and a lot of clubs is that there is that transparency, openness um, and avenue for fans to go down to um, to get that and as you said with the community project it, it starts at basically the grassroots and it, it's starting with the kids to get them involved but no matter what age you are or where you come from everybody is, is welcomed at this club and everybody's opinion matters and I think that's um, that's certainly a big positive for confirming head Yeah, my, my favourite thing is the days before the Sports Council meeting. Is, I'm going to say that, I'm going to say that, I'm going to say that, and it turns up and it's quite <laughs> it's quite congenial, if you like. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's all, always quite a nice atmosphere. But I've uh, got Ross is going to give an overview of the season, and Alan Johnson's going to do a QA. Yeah, uh, definitely one that's uh, worth attending. So, it's uh, the 20, Thursday, the 24th of May. Uh, obviously, I always say Dunfermline don't exist in a, their own bubble, we exist in the wider footballing world. And I'd like to uh, touch upon just one or two things that have caught my eye since the last podcast. Uh, notably, Arsene Wenger is no longer, well, he is one more game in it, manager at Arsenal. Yep. Uh, Jordan, have you ever known a time when 
Arsene Wenger wasn't the manager of Arsenal, could you even think of? No, I mean, Arsene Wenger's always been manager of Arsenal since uh, I started watching football back in, and then I think it was 2002 or 2003 I uh, started watching football. And <laughs> been there about six he's, years by then. He was, <laughs> was on the downturn by then. Um, I think yeah, I was maybe lucky in the fact that when I did start watching Arsenal were probably at, at their peak or at their prime uh, under him because I think round about that time was their, uh, their invincible season. Um, and that's... It was incredible to watch, just as a neutral, just to see a team every week go out and just almost breeze past the opposition in front of them. It was quite incredible to see, and it's quite um, almost upsetting from a neutral point of view that the way that his tenure did end at Arsenal because the, the fans obviously did turn on him in the end, or certainly uh, a proportion of them did. And, that's disappointing, but I suppose that's why football is as fascinating as it is because fans are so fickle and it just shows you that when you're winning, they're, they're the best and when they're maybe not picking up the trophies that they feel they deserve, um, they want to replace the manager. And I suppose that's just modern day football. The yeah. But the same about the Invincibles team. This is if I'm remembering right, like we'll just take it out of this, it's complete nonsense, but they, they lost the uh, Champions League quarter final to Chelsea. I think, I think they drew it at uh, uh, Stamford Bridge and, and managed to lose at Highbury. Would have been, I still would have been Highbury then. And uh, that was the year that Porto played Monaco in the final. So you'd, I think Monaco knocked out Chelsea in the same final. You think if Arsenal had got through that, they would end up Champions League winners. And it's the one thing that's missing for you know Wenger's uh, trophy cabinet. Like, and it would have been nice to see him. Uh, the other memory I've got is when the League Cup was really struggling in England. They would always put Arsenal on the TV against Sheffield United or Wigan or whoever. Mm-hmm. And they would always get viewers because they'd have a bunch of 17 and 18 year olds they'd pitch in and they'd win 5 or 6 nothing because they'd play exactly the same way as the first team. Yeah. yeah. It was just absolutely brilliant to watch. You were thinking if they put this Arsenal B team in the Premier League, they'd still finish in the top half. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I, I love the team play. It's been sad to see how it's kind of gone over the years. He's maybe, he's maybe gone on too long, I don't know, but yeah. I think it's difficult to just give it up. I think he's always thought there was maybe one more title in them. Yeah. Maybe the year of Leicester won it. Arsenal played here, didn't they? Aye. Yeah. Uh, and the member, I think it was my community department here for the first time round, and I remember standing in the, in the tunnel, or just the just tunnel under the wee canopy, and it was like, just like one of the giants. It was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> no, obviously, Vera and, and and Keel and stuff like that, they're, they're giants anyway, but even Freddie Lundberg and, and players like that, you're yeah. thinking oh, there's a bit of an aura around them as well, so you can, they, they, they just look like they had to kind of couch down to it. It was unbelievable, and you see them going, you see them on the pitch and stuff, and it was just unbelievable. Yeah, I, I mean, watching, they scored two goals straight away, didn't they? It looked like two lucky goals to you. Aye, they were, aye. <laughs> it was like they were playing a different sport. Yeah. I, I, I think. They just seemed to glide over the, over the, over the surface. Just, yeah, it was, yeah, it was amazing. I think Vieira's the best player I've seen play at East yeah, End. Yeah. At the same time, he seemed to never have the ball and always have the ball. You know, it, it was like, well, Vieira's got the other way. He's influenced everyone in the pitch. Uh, and then, I'd even coming on and some players that they had back then. And obviously there was the, the big battles with Man United, that was the, they were the one team that kind of stopped Man United winning the league every year. And from a neutral perspective, that's always nice to see. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think, I think as you say, 
the end of Wenger's reign hasn't maybe gone the way he would have hoped, but I think once the heat from that kind of dies down, he'll be properly remembered as a, as a legend, and, and, and rightly so. I mean, I saw a stat the other day that um, he could apparently say he stayed as the manager and lost his next 100 games. He would still be the most successful Arsenal manager there's ever been. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. Stuff. No, he's like, he'll be missed. Well, the sublime to the ridiculous. <laughs> the reason I bring this up, Michael, I saw your ire on the internet forums about uh, painted kits. About painted kits. Specifically Air United. Yes, one who we will be joining us next season. Yes, I, Air United, and their, uh, their topless models. Infamous topless model launches. Um, I thought after last year they might put, knock it on the head, but. No, they doubled down. <laughs> doubled down. Um, I, I, in case anyone hasn't seen this, um, so when Air United in the last few years have launched their new kit, they've, they've done it with a, a glamour model, shall we say. Um, wearing the strip in the form of paint um, and it's to me pretty tacky and I uh, I would hope that the Pars would never do anything like that I'm just, um, just glad they've not got four kits like my name <laughs> <laughs> I saw a spirited defence of it did you? from who? just someone online huh? it went online as a eye but she was quite fit <laughs> but I thought I'm going to miss the point I'm, I'm, I'm not sure in the Me Too era that that's, uh, that's sufficient shields? anymore <laughs> Who knows? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm getting on my high horse a wee bit, but nonetheless, I, I just think it's pretty cheap. The funny thing that I found, I can't remember whether it was a home kit or the away kit that they launched first with the female, and then they were to launch the, the, the other kit, and they were all looking forward to it, and there was speculation online would it be the same model, is it going to be a different model? And everybody was uh, couldn't wait for the, the launch of the, the secondary kit and the, the, the launch came out and it was a male model that had it painted on and they were all devastated they weren't even interested in what the kit looked like they were, all the comments were just why is it a male but, so maybe the four of us could do it for the pars <laughs> <laughs> moving on uh, another story that caught my eye was from Turkish football which is always entertaining uh, a club called uh, the Sport banned for a year have you seen this, Jordan? One of the fans. Yeah, he's ban- a stadium banned for a year. So what, what would you do? Say you're banned from East End Park, which I'm not saying is going to happen, I'm just saying, you know. How, how would you watch the games? You sneak in? No. Pars TV, VPN or something like that? <laughs> what you did was hire a cherry picker. Right over the ground, big flags up, uh, and watch the game from there, which I thought was absolutely ingenious. Literally craning his neck to see the game. Literally craning his neck to see the game. Craning his neck, craning his neck, craning his neck, craning his neck to see the game. Yeah, from the back, maybe just broke the rock, I suppose. Ah, yeah. You still get some of them. <laughs> uh, and we're Rover- actually just standing on the motorway and watch it for the bridge. Uh, if Wraith Rovers, Rovers ever get back in the league, you can uh, just hire someone's flat for the weekend. <laughs> or a train. Park and get a train in the <laughs> Just get a train and pull the emergency cars at the right time. <laughs> you have to time it. I think that actually happened once. The Premier Athletic does not endorse the frivolous pulling of railway emergency brakes. This rings a bell. I'm sure it was Hibs fans or something who were a game one day and it was abandoned or postponed and they got up there and it was going past Kirkcaldy. They pulled the emergency card and piled into the Wraith Rovers game. That might be absolute nonsense, but it sticks in my head. And uh, just lastly, the other nice story I, I, I saw was uh, Cologne have been relegated. That's not the nice part. I've no axe to grind with Cologne. But uh, the general left back, Jonas Hector, uh, who will be playing the World Cup, 
and Timo Horn, the goalkeeper, who would be massively in demand, have elected to stay at, uh, at Cologne. Uh, they're going to take a massive pay cut, 50-60%, and they've, they've pledged to, to, to get them up next season. Which, you know, it's not just Paris players that play for the love of the club, there's one or two others Yeah, it's, well. it's good to see in this, in this world of, uh, of Neymar that uh, some players aren't just in it for the money, so that's good. Which takes us on to the main feature, Davey. You can quiet for a second, this is your time to shine. Uh, you mentioned you've been at the club a couple of spells and your main focus is on match analysis. So going over, you tell us exactly what you do, but it's a, you know, analysing what's going on and preparing for the future games. Yeah, it's just really looking at uh, the first team games, 20 games as well, and reserve games next year as well, which will be mandatory for the SPFL club next year to a reserve league. So there'll be, there'll be games there as well. And it's really just looking at uh, moments in the game and footage from, from each game and, and recording that footage so it kind of starts on a, a Thursday or a Friday I try and got two uh, attend the training session if I can depending on the kind of work uh, so I, I, I head up to training uh, and usually have a look at kind of the shape and stuff like that as well just to see and to be fair there's, there's not a lot of changes stuff there's quite uh, quite the team and, and the thing to do but again it just keeps me fresh and, and just so that you're looking as well because in the moment you've got to try and see as much as you can in a short period of time obviously uh, and then on a match day if it's a home game uh, I'm going to go the ground about an hour and a half before kick off uh, speak to the manager and, and John uh, Sandy and, and the rest of the stuff and the team meeting as well prior to the game so after that really just set up the, the camera or two cameras depending on, on kind of where we are uh, and Depending on what types of stuff we're looking for, the cameras behind the goals is good as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big games is tougher because obviously there's supporters on both ends, and depending on kind of the crowd that's in there, depending on if I can get a bit of a camera in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we'll bit of the game and during the game when the game's going on, we just try and try and take in as much information as possible uh, using my on my laptop or, or another technology and an notepad and just really take as much data down as possible. Uh, and after the game, uh, right the final whistle, uh, just providing uh, the manager, Sandy again, and, and the staff anything they want to see prior to the manager's interview, for instance, or, or just even to clear something up, even at half time, sometimes kind of speaking uh, and just having that information at the ready. So it might be a, it might be a, Ashcroft getting sent off against United, it might be a, Moment of magic. It might be. It might be a something that they've worked on in training. It might be a set play, good, bad, or different. So really, just having that information at fingertips, so that yeah. uh, drop a hat and manager can see what he wants to see. So it's as immediate as immediate as that. Like right after, as you say, half time or right after the game, they can see it before making a comment on it. So yep. So right after the game again, and, and you have still to see what what across the pitch from my laptop. It's, I'm not an gantry playing chat manager. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's really, and again, it's a, a joy because it's. I need to stay focused. I need to watch everything. I need to make sure and to feel the manager and Sandy and, and Potts and, and we've got a good relationship in terms of uh, they trust me, they trust what I can see, and they, they trust the information to take down. And 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 they'll ask my opinion about, about all sorts of things. Uh, and but for me, it's important that the, the information is there for for the manager to see mm. when he wants it. Uh, 
uh, helps him make a decision again, good, bad, and different. So after after the staff's been addressing it, we speak to players, then um, let them with the laptop, the footage to show them. Sometimes we might spend 10, 15 minutes, sometimes it might be none, depending on. Uh, depending on how the game's going, the time of the year and stuff like that as well. During the, during the run, we run the pick many points. That's when I'm grafting. Right. Uh, <laughs> during the thing, when things are going well, like everything else, just, just kind of keep on, keep momentum going and just keep my, my support and stuff like that as well. And it's good, it's good to really enjoy it. And 24 hours after, within 24 hours after, then the manager, Sandy, and possibly staff will have Every every free kick, every corner, every every this is for and against. So we team and mm -hmm. uh, ourselves uh, forward passes, attacks, attempts, uh, ratios for both uh, throw-ins, turnovers as well. If you win it, what happens? If you lose it, what happens? Mm -hmm. uh, crosses, for instance, crosses left, crosses right, successful, unsuccessful, etc. Right. So all that data's gathered. But as I say, that's tough to do yeah. during the match. You can take some information during the match, key moments, but then afterwards. It, it, it must be broken down to two or three hundred clips that say put together a kind of playlist if you like so all the attacks will be put together all the attempts put together yeah and that'll be uploaded in a, a kind of shared drive that, that we use and how much the manager and the players will use that but again depending on how things are going what is it it's used for positive stuff as well mm -hmm. and you could really you could really do players in or people in because it's it's there, it's live, you can't you can't wait for it. So yeah, right. but again it's used for positive stuff as well because it's great to, to use for good moments or right. patterns or, or trends that happen over a number of periods. It's great to see to, to and players are quite receptive to it. It's short bursts. I'm known for saying that we never ever score from set pieces, but can I throw that at you? Because they've scored three or four goals from set pieces in the last wee while, haven't they? Is that something that's been a focus or it's just one of those things that they're always practised and sometimes you get wee spells of them coming off, sometimes you don't. To be fair, set plays and corners and free kicks are, are something that the guys work on for sure. Uh, what you can't replicate is the time of the game, for instance, the, 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 when Joe up in Inverness, for instance, and uh, I spoke to you before, before right. we started, so if I'm up in the gantry and the camera opposite the main stand at Inverness and I'm looking and so I always scribble down no matter how much uh, digital detail I take down I've always got a pen and a paper mm. and a joke cardle on the angle free kick 95.5 minutes and I put a ticker across depending on what happens after the event yeah. I just wrote go and circled it put my notepad down and stood back and I went in it and I, it's never happened I've never, I know it, it sounds bizarre and, and I'll get slaughtered for this but it's <laughs> uh, and, and it's just one of those one of those kind of moments and it's you kind of replicate the atmosphere in the moment you can practice three kicks yeah and swingers out swingers who attacks the ball etc et and the guys do do that and, uh, and you see Ashes managed to get on the end of a couple as well which right. is great for him mm -hmm. Carl Watson far away Big John desperate for Big John to get on oh, the because he's, he's, he's an absolute unit to be fair uh, he's a threat, and again the quality that we've got from from Eric, from Joe, from Higgy, and and it's always quite frustrating when you see them hitting the first man. Yeah. No, 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 no players, but in terms of the football players in general, but it's it's margins because they're just trying to miss the first man by. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's something um, that hasn't been happening as much. Our set pieces have got a lot better. 
Nine this season. Because um, I last year were in the first man more often than not, I think, <laughs> but it feels like uh, things are a lot better this year. I think uh, we also seem to defended set pieces very well this season. I'm mm. struggling to think of too many goals we've got in from set plays. So, um, uh, no doubt be corrected on that if we, if we have, but we're certainly, you don't feel a mass sense of panic we lose a corner or something like that. That's cute for the first six games next season. We'll lose a goal from a corner every time. Yeah, but it's also it's also an opportunity to score a goal. Aye. When you're defending a set play in terms of the, the pace that we've got, how yeah, the breakaway. and how, how confident and how good the guys are in terms of how positive they can be, and it's pretty good. And the rub on the goals, and and, the, and you spoke earlier about the kind of shutouts and how well the defence is played. You feel better about defending set mm. plays because you're confident and you know that. And, Confidence is everything, really. Yeah. Uh, Allowing you to kind of break course, away with yeah, more confidence and feel you're not being really going to win the ball and stuff like that as well. Yeah. And clearly, clearly, looking at set plays and, and trends of other teams when when they have their set plays. So the guys are the guys are up to speed on how what they might face in terms of the types of tactics other teams might play and stuff. Who might take them and what types of ball they might put in. So mm. there's a lot of work goes on behind the scenes to kind of to work with players so they know that. If he's taking a ball, if he's setting players to take a cross, or a, he's sort of taking a set play, or a, or a even a long throw, so you, you, you're kind of prepared a wee bit in terms of where the ball might be. Yeah. You're saying you do a lot of kind of counterintelligence as well. You were explaining before we started recording the difference between you know, the way a Dundee United set up versus the way a Livingston set up. Do you, do you kind of do you do the analysis of that as well? Yeah. I've done, because obviously it's, it's, I've got a full-time job as well, so it, it's, it's quite tanking to, to take in that information. I, I have done in the past and I'll continue to do that for sure, uh, but there's there's also there's a, there's a number of people who who gather information, albeit whether it's video footage or whether it's uh, or, or match reports or scouting reports, and, and, and again, the, the manager and Sandy have taken so many games away from their own stuff, it's frightening, to be fair, the guys just eat live and breathe football. Uh-huh. So so the, the in the in the know so playing Livingston is completely different than playing in United and you, you kinda of know that you're gonna get spaces down the sides for instance against Dundee United, <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get a bit more time on the ball, etc. Uh, whereas against Livingston it's well you can see the game out here than the lights. Uh, it's just the middle of the pitch you're really congested, you defend for your lives and you, but you've got a chance on the counter attack mm-hmm. because they go three to the back for instance so you've got some more spaces so these, all these things are kind of put together and the, the players look at themselves, especially at this time of the season, you've, you've, you've met them a few times mm-hmm. and everybody's come across games and stuff like that. So. It, must, it must be very difficult with the, the sort of breadth of information you have out there to, to pick out what's necessary for you to set up your team properly and what, what you, you know, because you could go over stats and footage, you could do it all day, all day every day, you know, and it, you can drive you absolutely daft. So, must be a skill in itself, just taking the information that you collect and then and, you know relating that to your own team and how best to set up against an individual. Team. To be fair, to be fair, that, that's, that's the manager's job I, in, term, I, I, in I, terms I, of and and but even if it's with the, with the youngsters, if the youngsters have got a game, uh, perhaps with the twenties you know, or, or or the reserve players, have got a game, it's not exactly the same still. And I'll speak to John and, and, and our manager as the first team and, and like I said then you can you can you can see what you want, you can get any 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 start, any right. footage from from any, any but it's about what you want to receive because you can just 
you can get so bogged down mm-hmm. for me there needs to be still be a, a, a gut feeling about the way and the way the way the, the base is fantastic. The manager's been absolutely fantastic himself, and John and Sammy, the staff, have been great, Kenny and stuff, guys as well with the sports science. So and I've been integrating that group and they've been looking at it and it's fantastic. But it's just a it's just a small part and a, a, a big cog if you like and yeah. I just try and provide the guys with as best as ever as I can with the limited kind of time we've got. Uh, and it's how they use it is depending on it's really difficult because there's, there's no really a set thing that they use it's, it depends on the time of year depends on the uh, depends on how the runs are going depends on how the games are going I might even be looking at uh, defending the long ball for instance so the camera might go behind the goals mm-hmm. so then it, it gives you a great angle of the ball coming down towards you for instance especially yeah. against teams like Livingston and stuff who tend to go direct most yeah. of the time I was going to say 100% time that's cool but uh, most of the time so prior to that game you might take in some information that, that how the guys defend the long ball uh, or the second ball when the defenders right. win it and stuff against the United then seeing the full pitch is probably more beneficial than yes. looking up yeah. down the pitch to see the shape, because yeah. when the goal gets the ball full backs pretty much become midfield players centre backs kind of split really wide so it tends to drop onto the ball and with the pace that you've got we can hurt them by pressing them and so the lungs then you probably need to work on part but then still have an impact etc etc you you saying you do your own footage but you also dovetail nicely with Pars TV you can kind of share resources and it works quite well that way it's been great to be fair and and I know John Sears now and he's, he's been taking the mic and I'm wondering uh, but, but it's tongue in cheek and to be fair it's great because it's it's a small team in terms of compared to other other clubs for instance uh, a media team in, in, other, in other clubs Aberdeen for instance got Five, six, seven analysts full time, for instance. I bet they've got the bit of a media team that does a TV, they'll be full time with the staff. And there's, and there's myself and the Paris TV guys. And to be fair, I think it worked really, really well. We share footage, there's been disasters, as you know, with technology and stuff, and mm. things can go wrong quite Tell quickly. us about <laughs> it. Don't, don't say that mid podcast. <laughs> so, and there's, there's times where I've needed uh, footage. Shared footage for the for Paris TV guys because the quality the, the quality they produce in terms of the the, the standard of the video files are fantastic mm-hmm. and stuff and it's great. For instance, when Joe was sent off to Air United last year, the year before I think it was for you know, kind of provoking stuff in the government, did he get sent off? Our Joe. So <laughs> it was a uh, and again it was and the Paris footage was fantastic. Because we're at the same height, we're standing next to so the angle was the same. Uh-huh. The quality of the video footage, the, the, the camera pieces, is fantastic, and yeah. you're able to then shrink it and stuff and look at uh, how we can put footage together to appeal, for instance, ah, right, yeah. as well. Yeah. So we share footage quite a lot, uh, and I upload the every home game up to what on the Y Scout. So every SPFL club has got a link to Y Scout, which is just a, a shared database that the senior clubs use mm-hmm. so you can go on and, and pick off any game or any uh, any level really so after uh, 90 minutes the Paris TV footage is, is better for me then to kind of shrink if you like to yeah. make it uh, and they go a little bit closer in as well so we're not giving too much away in terms of uh, to watch the game back that video probably isn't a good watching them, you would get, if you think the dot net goes crazy now, if there's something going on, they would hate mine because often they never <laughs> see the ball and stuff, because it's no, it's actually no for watching back is a, is a, a kind of enjoyment, so. Yeah, uh, it's not like dot net to go crazy. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> uh, 
So that's that's what you do for love. You, you can fill in the gaps even other than the fact that it's kind of you know your day job, but you're obviously involved in football during the you know Monday to Friday as well. So I'm employed with, with, with Fife Council and the Scottish FA is, is one of two football development officers, uh, myself and Lee Bailey, who was assistant manager at Brecon this year. Okay. Uh, you're saying okay, it's not okay because every Monday my head was banging because I've never got a win. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, and the, and the, the, the new man's brilliant. I see him more than my wife to be fair because I work with him every day. Uh, and as I say, it's, uh, it's great because in terms of sharing ideas and stuff, and yes, we do have a bit of in a bit of banter and, and I have promised them we'll, we'll bring it up again. <laughs> uh, so there's the two of us and we, and we, we work closely with community programmes like the Pass Foundation for instance, we work with Fife, uh, we work with uh, grassroots football clubs like the Andy Campbell stuff and the, the kids in the Petrie teams, we do the coach education school visits, uh, Midnight League programme, so it's a whole range of, a whole range of kind of age groups and stuff. Uh, so it's good to enjoy it and as I say, working a bit closer with, with the Paris Foundation as well to try and help uh, the club kind of look at long term kind of structures in terms of external funding for instance is, as you know, helps everybody mm-hmm. and, and how you get that is, is there's an act, an act to it and it's becoming more difficult to try and get uh, so in terms of, I know the clubs advertise for a a uh, fundraiser, like 18 hour post I think it is, mm-hmm. which is for me I think that's key because then it then allows Kelly and, and, and the troops to, to really kick on in, in Gennaro and, and try and build on the success they've had, uh, Wraith Rovers and, and East Fife and stuff and can, can do some work with them mm-hmm. to a lesser extent just because of the size of the club and the community program because yeah, there's a massive club here. So as I say, we work with the Rovers East Fife and Cowan Beast to a lesser extent just because the size of the community programme is less. Uh, so it's good to enjoy it. As I say, I've been in post full time now for about 14 years and I went I went from here the first time. I stayed there living, I was on the pitch with a plastic pitch. Uh, yeah. The phone went, the first phone. <laughs> and I was kind of embarrassed to answer it and he just me, answer it. David just answered it. So I did. And uh, she's told me what I was about and David goes up to me and says, Yeah. And I'm thinking, see, well, that's a massive that's a massive job for you. You've got to take that. Aye. And I'll never forget that in terms yeah. of Hamish and stuff and just just even to this day and still humble. He's, 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 he's a top top guy. So I've been there and posting every fourteen years, so just keep enjoy it. Do you ever um say when it's the World Cup or a Champions League now? Do you actually watch the? Do you, like? Can you enjoy a game now? No, I just cut the cut the plug off of the cable. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't need to be fair. There'll be games where the flip side is it's difficult to to enjoy a game in terms of the ebbs and flow of how a game might swing. Yeah. In terms of the attacking and the excitement and stuff, I didn't end up. I didn't look at a. Feel like when the boss had the pitch and stuff like that as well, and it kind of goes well. You can't do that, but that's just that's that's where I am, and I wouldn't change it for anything because yeah. I say I quite enjoy doing what I'm doing. Uh, and I've got a couple of boys who play football as well, and that keeps me sane because it, it's, it's, it's proper football, it's grassroots football, yeah, and they yeah. enjoy it and stuff, and it's, it's fantastic. So I don't watch a lot of football. There'll be games that, that grab you, uh, derby games, for instance, and. Uh, Playoff games and stuff like that. Yeah, it's quite good and, and, and big occasions like the World Cup. Clearly, I'll, I'll watch a bit of that and stuff. And you can put the telly on anytime now and watch a game. Aye, yeah, it's everywhere. Be on the internet, it's everywhere. So, but your 
for your boys uh, teams. Do, do you are you involved in the coaching of that, or is it someone else? It's, no, it's someone else. I'm a, I'm a dad. It's great to, to be a dad sometimes. Do you know just sit, games. Do you know just sit there and go, I wouldn't have done that, or I wouldn't have done that, or I should be doing <laughs> that for every minute of the game. Aye, but that, and I get, but never out loud, never out loud, because the, the the guys they do a fantastic job in, in terms of volunteers and stuff. They don't. I would never. I would. I occasionally do sessions for them just to kind of help out, like yeah, like yeah. everybody else does. Uh, we've videoed a couple of games as well, the kids' games, just no for. No, no to analyse and look back and stuff because they're kids, but just so they can see it back. Kids just, love that. It's just areas yeah. of the pitch and stuff. For instance, on a, uh, it's done in a container, just just with the, with the wee camera up, just leave it and just run it for, as a side side game for instance, run it for the, yeah. the, for the full game uh, and then take it down afterwards. And again, what you see, either a GoPro or an AstroTurf, if you're on a fence for instance, you can clip the fence higher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's great for the, for the kids just to see not necessarily the mistake stuff, but actually what might happen if you were in this position, or you could even shade one area of the pitch. Uh, See, look, if that if you were in here, then this might happen. But it's loose, if you like it. It's quite relaxed with yeah, it. Yeah, 15, 20 minutes, and they've got like, to kick it all again. So uh, I've done that a couple of times with them, but I, I never appreciate it. I, I imagine that they'll, they'll love that, even just for having a record of their, oh, of their games. I mean, apart from us, you embarrassing dad. So it's slightly different that scenario, but our kids, would, kids would just love seeing themselves even just running about. They do a five fleet as well. We do some of the try and do some of the, the their games as well because I know Phil Henry's done a great job with the, the five fleet. Since Stephen left, he's kind of he's held it together and he's went through the whole Project Brave application uh, along obviously with. I helped them do a bit of that with analysis side as well and put together in terms of software they might use and the process from forging and after the game and how they might feedback the players uh, and stuff. So. We've videoed uh, a few of the 17 games, faithfully, when it's got the 16 games as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take them on a Monday night, which I really, really enjoy. I just wish I could spend more time working with them, but there isn't more time really. <laughs> uh, Sundays I turn up with coach education or kids playing. So. One thing that doesn't relate, but it, it does to a bit, she said it before, the going to be a reserve team in a formal league next season. How, how big a difference is that going to make for the Pars uh, next season compared to this season when I've ever been? arrange games on a more ad hoc basis? Well, there'll be regular games, there'll be fixtures. So at the start of the season, uh, at the start of the season, there'll be a fixture list for reserve games, home and away, mm-hmm. uh, and to marry the first team fixtures. How that looks, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll be the same division, same team division, I'm not sure. Or it'll be like the, perhaps the youth put up be kind of graded a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the top teams play the top teams. Certainly youth-wise, I'm, I'm not sure how it'll work for the reserves, but I know they'll be home and away, uh, which is great. Uh, like I say, for, for Aaron's playing, for instance, I'm not saying now, but certainly uh, to, so to play games to come back. Uh, Scott Lockhead and, and Conor Buffett and the young boys and stuff who yeah. are on loan now, for them to play regularly is absolutely massive. The loan system being brilliant for, for a few of them as well, and it's definitely served their purpose, but I think to play regular games is great and perhaps for one of the first well, two or three of the first team boys perhaps to come back if they've maybe been injured or they've maybe or, or, they're, or they're not been playing for whatever reason to, for them to be ready to play in the first yeah, team. Yeah, to be sharp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It must, must help planning, especially uh, the manager seems to like a settled squad if things are going well, like you know, often it'll be an unchanged 11 and you know, if there is someone who's been on the periphery of a first team or 
that's got injured and lost his place. Says the adjacent Talbot, for instance, has lost his place to none of his none of these done. He just got injured, and then obviously Lewis Martin slotted in. It must be much better to have right. Well, we know there's these two reserve games coming up. We can get them some competitive football, and then it can be you know maybe knocking on the door of the first team place again. Whereas when it's a bit more ad hoc, you're trying to you know arrange games here and there, and, and I guess everyone's in the same boat trying to do it. But I would have thought for planning having a reserve team or a twenties team or something with a formal league system will be helpful. Uh, so that takes us on to our review of the season. I was writing notes quickly last night. So boys, you have to help me here. I've got start, great, middle, not great, end, great, best defence in the league, second highest scorers. Jordan, you want to expand upon that? <laughs> <laughs> um, That's a hospital pass there, I've ever seen one. I think at the beginning of the season, um, people look at the Betfred Cup and they wondered when it was introduced whether it would be beneficial to sides or not. And I certainly think it benefited us because we've got three positive results going into the Hearts game and I think lost to Hibs I think in a friend when I think we had another couple of results in pre-season and people were, I think Braith Rovers was, uh, was a as well so people maybe looked at it and said oh no it's, it's you know what's going on here but I think those three games particularly the two at home against Peterhead and Elgin really set us up well and that Hearts result really gave us the belief I think mm we can go on to have a successful season and the side was um, strong even though there was still positions to be um, kind of added into that stage. Um, I think the first quarter was very strong. I think I'm right in saying we were top after the first quarter. Mm -hmm. um, but for whatever reason after that, whether it be injuries, suspensions, form, everything just seemed to maybe dip at the same time. Um, a bit of luck as well. Guys like Carmen Splain getting a, a nasty injury and Joe Cardo as well. First and, um, everything maybe just all came at once. But when you actually look at the breakdown of the points over the four quarters, I think it was just the second quarter that maybe really hampered us, if you like. The third quarter, we did see some slight improvements, and then, as you said, that fourth quarter was, was really excellent again. But I think it just shows you how competitive and tight the league is that you can have one bad quarter <laughs> and there's panic setting in and yeah. then you can have one great quarter and everybody's everyone's fine again everything's hunky dory again so I think it's a very difficult week to kind of manage in and it's also I think difficult to analyse because for some people fourth would be acceptable because it's an improvement on last year we've made the playoffs but for some people who can say well we had such a great start you know that second quarter was disastrous and they look at it in a negative way and I suppose you can look at it both ways and it, it all depends on personal opinion I suppose I mean for me I thought I was quite pleased to make the playoffs in the end okay. it's an improvement on last year and um, it was just quite satisfying to see the way that the team did fight back from adversity and pick up these results and if we can keep the core of the, uh, the group and maybe add one or two uh, add quality players to the to the squad then there's no reason why we can't be up challenging next year. That's the key isn't it, they're, they're very strong defensively now, if you can keep the personnel there's no reason to think we wouldn't be like that again if you start for a base like that, you know we've got a chance of challenging right up the very top. Yeah. Uh, but you know, given the nature of football at our level, everyone's on one-year contracts. So I mean, not not that 
if, if they were playing with you last year, they're most folk in a lot of families and things like that, so you've got a better chance to, to keep the players than just you know, another club just pitching in with a similar offer. But uh, you, you would hope if we can keep the, the nucleus of what we have, like you say, add one or two others. If you believe in trending, you know, we, we finished the season quite well last season, we ended up in fifth, we're now in fourth. There's no reason that we shouldn't be pushing for one of the, the, the top couple of places next year. Mm. And to me, improvement every year, whether it's more points or a higher place, it's, it's what you're looking for. I wouldn't be one of these people that, you know, we don't win the championship next year, want the manager out the door. As long as, as, long as things are, are getting better and better, I think that's all you've got to look for. It reminds me a bit of um, Jim McIntyre's type where I think we did a similar thing. I mean, we were fourth or third and right. something like that and then we eventually won the league. And I think, as you say, if we keep the team together, we're, we're, we're building a team which can win the league. I don't see any reason why we can't win it next year. Um, but if we don't, I wouldn't be throwing the ties out well, no, sh- Oh no, no, sure. I'm not, I'm not saying I expect it, but I would say there's every reason to be positive about it. And I think we'll continue to the action after the Dundee game up in Tannis. The, the majority of the fans were still there after the game. They yeah. can see, players can see what meant to supporters. And in, in, in that moment, you can you can look into a crowd and you can still pick out if a face or a person, and you can see the emotion as well. And stand back and see it, the masses, and, and again the, the fans looking around at the pitch. You can see what it means to the, to the players and stuff. And in the rest after the game, you can hear the fans outside and stuff like that as well. And, and just things like. The touch anyway is hard, really, and, and you can see one of the boys are real emotional afterwards, and yeah, and losing that manner and stuff with the massive big supporters, and all the messages and stuff afterwards, and saying that all right, it wasn't the end we wanted, but five or six games ago we would bite your hand off for that. And yeah, people driving down the road, stopping the services and stuff. Friends of mine were up there as well. I'd been up had a couple of beers and enjoyed it, and come down the road, and or enjoyed the atmosphere coming down the road, and they're sharing emotions and stuff with. And it was it was great really, and, great. and everybody feels that. So they take that on, and the players can hopefully remember that and and, and be here next year. Well, like you say, look at the atmosphere after the Falkirk game, after the Inverness game, and the, the playoff games. There's a real nice buzz about the place again. And like I said, last five goals to Queen of South, still best defence of the league, second highest scorers. You know. And, and it looks like we did well to finish fourth, but we, the, the, the kind of fundamentals are there to say there's no reason we couldn't actually been higher if it wasn't for one or two little things going our way. And, uh, you know, maybe we could have halted the loss of momentum a bit earlier than yeah. we did. But Just that, maybe that Morton game where we were two up and lost 3 2. I mean, that, I switched switch that one around and everything else being equal. Over. I mean, everybody, you can go through the whole season and put the, a moment here and a moment there, and, and that's. You see the hell of it, you just got to try and keep progressing and season on season on season and try and really, and again, and I'm quite sure we'll get there, there's no, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, internet inter- interject is next, but it dovetails nicely. Uh, really, really difficult one to call this, I think, is they were talking about who would be, or this is on .net anyway, who would be a player of the season. It's really, really difficult because the season has very much been a little windows of, you know, things have been going well, not so well. Uh, the word for Higgy, I'm a big fan of Higgy, I've always have been, even, even I wasn't a fan when he was at Falkirk, but I liked him as a player, shall we say. Uh, it was the, the day that he won the penalty, or missed the penalty against Air United, mm. won one 30 seconds later, stood up, missed the second one, and hauled off the pitch, it was inconsolable. I just thought, what he'll do for me, he's got a lot of heart, and I love when he does the good things, they come off, but you've got to be patient, because when he, you know, he's always trying stuff, and they then he come off, it, it doesn't look as good, but... I love watching Higgy and obviously Joe as well at the start of the season. They were 
arguably the two that, that drove the, the success we were having in the first quarter. Mm. Then Joe got injured and Higgy went up the boil a wee bit. Uh, laterally, when we were doing well, you might disagree, but I would say Beadle in the midfield was, it was a standout when he was playing. Uh, Fraser Aird obviously coming in the team, showing all the potential we, we thought he had. And uh, a word for Lee Robinson, who since January has done absolutely fantastic for us. Uh, remember before we signed him and he was pitched him in the Falkirk game, people doubt whether it was a good signing or not, and he's been he's been brilliant. So, uh, you know, they, they would be the ones that give notable, notable uh, mention to. But overall, Clark our top scorer, McManus, consistent work rate all the time, and I'd maybe give man for the season to Lee Ashcroft, because I would say they're the most consistent defender and the, the best defence in the league. Uh, anyone else to add? Anyone that you would give it to, Michael? Um, I, th- I think I would probably go for Clark because of the goals. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of an obvious thing to do, but uh, he's, he's put them away and, and he's, there's been a few people doubting him here and there, but I think he's, he's hopefully answered those critics. Certainly in the last quarter of the season, he's been, he's been fantastic. Um, like yourself, I, th- I think Higgy's a brilliant player. Um, um, and um, I, f- I feel like he has this imagination. You he, 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 he can see that he sees things. Yes. Doesn't necessarily always come off, but you, you can see the, the, the bigger picture. And I, I think it's um, it's great to watch. Um, uh, Joe as well. So it's a real shame about his injury because he was, he was he was fantastic in that, that first part of the season. Um, but you can always rely on him. Um, if he comes on, you, you always know he's going to do. He's going to do well. I mean, that, as you mentioned before, the free kick up at Inverness. Um, so, oh God, Nicky, I'm going to go with Clark because of the goals. But yeah, I think there's a lot of people you could you could mention. I, I, I agree with Robinson as well. He's he's done brilliant. Uh, from your point, David, you kind of work. You you see these guys more, you know, uh, in the flesh than any of us here. You know. In, I guess it's difficult you pick someone out because they'll be having a go at you next time you see them. But uh, anyone you would add to that list, should I say, there's probably be someone. Like Lewis Martin, maybe, has uh, you know, had a fantastic Great. renaissance. And, and again, I agree with what you're saying in terms of there's moments in this time of the season. If you look at the spine of the team in terms of the Sean and then Robbo, in terms of his distribution stuff, again, he's been fantastic. The shadows, then you, you can just in front of him, you've got. Uh, Ashy and, and, and Carl and then and but John as well who who was be very patient again when he got in. Yes. He's almost become a fan's favourite. Oh, he's great. a giant, and, I love him. So and then you got the midfield again, that early in the season, fantastic, you know, in there as well. And then you've got uh Craig who can do a job in there as well and and, and, and Tom. And then again beyond them, uh, you can then look at the forward players. So there's a real spine of the team, mm-hmm. and and if you get the majority of them clicking at one time, they're a handful for anybody. Yeah. Uh, and the, what left and left side and right side and when Rizzo's on it, and, and especially Higgy in front of him, you can either the two. Yeah. And on the other side as well, he's been absolutely fantastic, uh, and as I said, Jason's been so consistent and this reliable for for a couple of seasons, and Lou Martin's come in and, and he's he's did. Exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. He looks fitter, looks stronger. Uh, he's he, he defends well, he goes forward as well. So it's been great. I think I have to. I mean, just as we're talking about it here, I think it's the first time in a long time that I've not. There's not for me at least been any obvious weaknesses. Like if we went into the, the next season with this exact squad, I'd be happy with that. Mm-hmm. I, I know what you mean. I'm not. I'm not sitting here going. Oh, we definitely need a striker. We definitely need a midfielder. 
I'd, I'd be happy with the team we have. I mean, always take, take another player if there's someone who come and strengthen it, but... Um, Especially, Jordan, you might know better, Davey, you'll certainly maybe know better as well. The boys that have been out on loan, uh, like, it's maybe helped them, they'll come back in for, for some first-team experience well, as well. Especially on Cal as well, because he's, mm. look at the position of Alvaran just now, and, and I know he's, he's, he's certainly featured most of the games, he's come off the bench stuff, and he's played... He's played a big part in that, and he's a, he's a confident, he's a, he's a confident uh, player, and he really want, and he, and he, but he wants to do well. So he'll be trying his utmost. And I know the guys were at Lone Hill and season; they, they did really well and stuff as well. So and knowing fine well that they'll be a reserve team next year, and that they'll look at, uh, they want to do well consistently in that because to, to get in one of the manager's teams, you need to be a consistent player. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and rightly so. Yeah, yeah we, we talked about Callum once before. Um, was it when we talked to Ross MacArthur. Anyway, we, yes. we, talked, we talked about Callum once before, and um, I, I, I think he's got real potential. He really looks a cracking player. I'd really like to see Callum back uh, in and around the first team uh, this uh, next season. That'd be great. I think that's very possible. I think that's very possible. We'll, we'll move on our hopes for next season, but I'll just uh, I'll, I'll carry on another wee thread I saw from .net that I really liked. Uh, not something I'll be saying every month, but this this really kind of captured me. The best, best game you've ever seen is a neutral. Uh, I don't watch many in the flesh that aren't actually Pars games, so before everyone throws me a goal fest, the one that uh, the one that gripped me the most that's off the top of my head was the German Italy World Cup semi-final 2006. I'll declare an interest, I had money on Italy to win the tournament and my kind of family's got Italian blood, so maybe not quite as neutral as it should be, <laughs> but uh, just for sheer drama, I can't remember ever being as gripped by a 0-0 draw in all my life. I know when extra time there's a couple of goals for Italy at the end, but uh, just something that you couldn't take your eyes off the the intensity of the game, mm-hmm. the quality of the game, that the fact you knew one slip here or there was probably going to be the end of it for them. Uh, and I just remember that they played quite an Italian like in the before strikers on the pitch at the end because mm-hmm. they were damn sure they didn't want to be going in a penalty shootout against Germany <laughs> in Germany in a World Cup semi final. Uh, I, I just thought it was a Something that encompasses, you know, everything that should football should be at the highest level. Yeah, I thought. I mean, in that game, Pirlo particularly was just ah, just out of this world. It's, it's always one that I've never watched the game back, but I think if I could get my hands on that, probably probably will do one day. And I'm not great at watching kind of full games, but even even if I record a game on TV and I know the score, I'll just I'll flick through the goals. And yeah, I can watch other sports, you know, all the way through if I know the result. But for some reason, football. Prefer highlights if I know the score already, but uh, that, that's one game that maybe, uh, maybe would reverse that trend. What about you, come up with Michael? Um, well, uh, the, the, the game that when you, when you mentioned this to me, the game that stuck out to me was um, Liverpool Newcastle many years ago. Uh, Collymore last minute winner in a 4 3 game. I, I watched the whole game live, it was insane. Um, and uh, I just I, I always, I always love a game when you get a goal that's celebrated so well that the camera shakes and the camera shook <laughs> as Collymore uh, rattled that last one in. It was, it was fantastic. So that would be, that'd be my, my choice. How about yourself, David? Uh, talking about games, can I get in a Hearts Cup Scottish Cup final? And then just as you were talking there, just a couple of years back, myself, my dad, my two boys, and my nephew went to see Blackpool Preston. Uh, and at, at Deepdale and the Blackpool end, mm-hmm. Derby. 
I know, I know, and even if I think we've seen it, I think probably after I take my kids, but and and we got locked in after the game and stuff. And, <laughs> it was, and I look back now, and it was it was probably one of the most intense. There wasn't an ounce of football played. Uh-huh. Uh, it had a wee a wee kind of vested interest in terms of because obviously we're with the especially in Blackpool, a good Scottish accent as I have, and the kids are the same. Uh, and but there's a uh, uh, Broadfoot was, was was there as well. The goalies at Matty Jobs. Uh, who else was there? There's a couple of Scottish players involved in, in, in terms of the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic and there was it was, it was kind of we were there before about an hour before the game and we could see and we were in the car and the Blackpool buses were double deckers and they were literally like bouncing into this into, and the, the police on the buses the whole place with the atmosphere was electric and I said to the kids I said right just, just kind of stay close just now because we went to the concourse he's doing and in the island you could get a beer and stuff like that as well so the kids were in the bathroom <laughs> but I stayed stay nice and close because the concourse was absolutely rammed full of just grown men and the atmosphere was fantastic we got our seats and the Blackpool fans sung for 90 minutes mm. and it was quite good because the, the people around about us were, were most of the kids and they were great the atmosphere was brilliant and until Preston scored the five to go and I've Never seen anything like it in my life. Uh, the final was so in, and there was you know, about a thousand or two Preston fans on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I've actually got a, it's a screensaver, and it's a, it's a guy, and he's, he's, he's put his zimmer frame, and he's, he's up, he's got his two fingers up, and he's wide, he's got his top off, and he must be something like you're all. <laughs> and, and it's just, I couldn't believe it. The horses come on, they trampled over a steward, but locked in the ground. Right. And I'm saying, geez, he peeps. And then, uh, to be fair, on the way back, the police escort out the ground as well, back to the cars and stuff. And I look back and can't, I can't be much with the game, and, but everything's around it in terms of. And, and the kids still talk about it now. It reminds me, have you ever seen, just when you're talking about the pitch invasion of the old man, I, I could be wrong, it's maybe not, but I think it's Chesterfield. It's the last ever game at their, their stadium. And they, they score a last minute goal. You ever seen the footage of this? I think I have. And of course, there's a, there's a massive pitch invasion, a massive outpouring of emotion. So someone gets filming it from the crowd. Next thing, some boy appears in his wheelchair. There's a pitch invasion in his wheelchair. Ah, Next thing he sees, the has realised that he's gone on. He'll chase his half to get him up. <laughs> it's the <laughs> funniest thing I've ever well, seen. It was it was a similar, similar scenario. Uh, it's unbelievable, really. Again, you remember these games for all the wrong reasons. But ah, it's, uh, it's the... Just going back to that Newcastle game, it was 4 3 two seasons in a row, wasn't That's it? That's right, yeah. Which has meant forever we're, uh, we're going to have to put up with Sky putting Liverpool Newcastle from Anfield on the telly. Regardless, like of, regardless of how the teams are playing, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely guaranteed. It's just so they can say, I wonder if it'll be 4 3 again. But uh, I, 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 the only one, I, it's funny you should say that, the one I remember the Colomore goal at the end, I can't remember the other game. Uh, what I think I watched it, but I can't remember. The camera she can, and you're right, that's what sticks in my mind. And, the Collingwood goal with the camera was yeah. it's kind of shaking. And another game I remember was, it was actually with Bert Payton when I was here. The first time we watched, went to Ellen Road uh, and went and watched Newcastle, lead to Newcastle 1 4 3. It was unbelievable. And in terms of the quality, the, the, the players on, on, on show, well, that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And Leeds are a massive club in, in terms of the fan base. And at the time, they, they, when they joined this guy from home, take over the place, don't they? Uh, yeah. And the atmosphere that day was absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. How about you, Jordan? What's your, what's your pick for intro? Yeah, this game is a neutral. There's uh, nothing in time, isn't it? <laughs> the one that sticks out in my head in terms of um, a game that I watched on TV as a neutral that had me grip for the full 90 minutes was 
Um, Motherwell Hibs 6 6. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe a decade ago. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's probably more um, than that. Choice. And I think Hibs must have been about 6-2 or something with 15 minutes to go or something crazy like that. Ah, you're right. And I remember all these Motherwell fans streaming out the, the stadium and then Motherwell made this dramatic comeback. <laughs> and um, I always remember fans saying, you know, they, they were halfway at the ground and then they turned around because he was shouting and it's 6-6 six, six, so that they all start <laughs> running back in as if they were going to, uh, you know, see, see a, a, a winner for them. But uh, it's just an incredible game. But I suppose we'll never see the likes again in Scottish football. Probably we'll see the team sheets for that game in terms of the players that play for Hibs. If you look back and, and if you look where the Kenny Brown and... I remember it, but I'm sure it might have been Colin Niss that scored maybe two or three goals in that game, I think, if I look back. Wow. Um, See, when you said it, I, I, the one I was thinking of, it, maybe it is 10 years, because there was another one that was, was it maybe a, a Aberdeen no one all season and they ended up, I think it was 6 2 up at Motherwell and ended up 6 5 and they almost threw it away, and it was, it was maybe a few years before that. Uh, my, my, I don't remember that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm maybe tripping, I don't know, but I. I <laughs> I, th- I think I, I think I'm right in saying that. Maybe even one or two at goal fests at, uh, at Motherwell. But that's a, that's a good one. But a good shout. Mm-hmm. Mention Hibs as well. It's just uh, prompted me to remember the, the Scottish Cup a few a couple of years ago when they got that last minute winner against uh, against the Rangers. Oh, that, that was uh, what a game. I was I was leaping around cheering that goal. Oh, I think uh, it, was, it was nice. I think everyone was quite glad to see Hibs win the cup after all that time, except maybe Rangers and Hearts. Hearts, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not everyone at all, but uh, the thing about that game is it was it was two teams for the championship. It was quite good quality as well. I mean, it was it was a, it was a goal fest, but it was a good yeah. game of football. Mm-hmm. Feel, uh, uh, didn't they watch the game? The games I chose were obviously games that I was there with the kids. Uh, 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 they watch a lot of football on the TV and uh, stuff. So yeah, but you're right. It was uh, we spoke about Lee Bailey. I worked with Lee and uh, Lee's Lee's a happy started playing when he was younger and. Uh, and he says that, and he spoke about that moment that's been best of ever. Aye, best moment, best moment of his life, bro. He did, aye, he did, he the kids and the wife for a dog, just for a squirk, sitting there. Well, but, <laughs> far as ever won the Scottish Cup, it'll be, aye, might agree with him there, but there's always hope, there's always hope. It's always next year. And speaking of next season. Oh, nice, uh, done. Not just thrown together this, Michael. Uh, just what our, our, our hopes are now. It's a daft thing to say. Is obviously we hope we win. The, we hope we win every game. Win the win the league by a, a canter and win the Scottish Cup. But uh, are, are we all in agreement? Like the the management team to stay with, like the majority of the squad to stay, uh, and, and just build on it. And Davey, is that going to happen? <laughs> it's not my wallet. It's not my wallet. The, the, the funding. I, I hope so. And again, I'll go back to the. the Moment after the, the moments after the United game at Tannadice and Inverness and, and, and the big away supports and, and, and the support the players get. It's, it, it, you take that feeling with you. Mm-hmm. You remember that feeling, you take that with you. And, and it's great because during the low, if you like the few games or the, or the periods where, 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 where uh, didn't get as many points as we wanted and, and you hear the, the flack and you read it and you, you can feel that as well. And to be fair, you know him, how well the management staff work and the players work hard and, and then, but you see them pull it all together it would be, it would be great I think to, to keep everybody together and kick on again and, and just take that belief on for another uh, for another season or two mm. uh, but again the players have got 
other things going on in their lives and stuff as well. There'll be players at different different ages, different stages, if you like, sort of thing in terms of. So you'd like to think so. Uh, manager's going to be speaking, I think, at the is it twenty fourth. Uh, yeah, that's a good sign, I would say. So <laughs> ask him that question because I can answer. <laughs> uh, this is where Bart, are you coming to your own? I mean, a lower league football you must watch as a as a reporter. Did uh, anyone kind of? Maybe for part-time football, or you know, from, from the leagues below, that has ever caught your eye, you think could do a job at a higher level. Um, I think when you look at the war, war leagues at the minute, um, you look at teams like our who are playing in the, the playoff yeah. uh, final mm. uh, um, as we record this. Um, they're currently. I went to play Dumbarton in the first leg tonight, so you look at a team like, like them and the part-time, some of the part-time players that they have, particularly in an attacking sense, you could say they're probably good enough to step up to the championship, maybe if they can get some full-time training and, and that would kick them on again, mm. um, that would maybe, you know, that would maybe be a viable option. You look at teams like St Mern, who won the league obviously this year, and a lot of their squad was players who Jack Cross had signed that he was aware of from part-time weeks and of course not all of them are successful but I think it's an option that we have to look at because every team in this division is going to be battling for the same players if somebody gets released from Dundee or Parrot Thistle mm-hmm. the likelihood is three, four, five teams in this division are going to go for them there might be a capable, a player just as capable or maybe cheaper or whatever from that avenue. So that's definitely something that um, we should be looking at. But I think we're at a stage, I think we also spoke about, where we're trying to widen the net. We're, we're looking at England for loans and things mm-hmm. like that. And again, I think that's a, a good sign that we're not just restricting ourselves to one division or one week or... or um, battling for the same players, if, if three or four teams are battling for these players but we can get two or three good players on loan from England that other teams maybe aren't mm-hmm. aware of and we've saw it with Falkirk this year as well how positive uh, an impact they could make if they're given a chance so I think there's so many avenues that it's going to be such an intriguing summer because you're not looking at it and saying it's obvious that these are the three or four players that we must sign, I think there's, we're at a stage where we're almost stuck in the middle if you know what I mean because we want to improve but we can't just go out and spend yeah, yeah. as much as we want so it's we're kind of in that middle period where where do we find that balance of good young players that are cheap enough and the players that will come in and improve us and I think that's why Alan's the manager and, and we're yeah. sitting here because he has those tough decisions to make well he's got he's got a good record overall I mean that's enough every signing's been perfect but he's uh, he's improved us dramatically so Aye. I'm thinking maybe plundering the Rovers again. Yeah. It worked quite well with Voto and uh, McManus. So, Vaughan? I think the thing with Vaughan is obviously, he's, well, he's contracted to them for next season. Is but it? with them staying down, you, you never know what their, I don't know what their financial situation's like. They did, um, per statement yesterday, saying that they were trying to, they're hoping to stay full time for next year. So, Vaughan might stay or they might have to accept a, an offer. Uh, money offer for him but those kind of guys I think um, again looking at even though Wraith were full time and they had a fantastic season 
if you look at it, those guys would just swap, say someone like Lewis Vaughn for a, a Declan McManus or a, a Fraser Laird, they're very similar in terms of okay. um, you know, their style and everything like that. We know what Fraser Laird can do. I, I, personally, I, don't, I wouldn't go and swap Fraser Laird or a Joe Cardo or a Declan McManus for any player in that in that race over team or any player from the lower divisions necessarily hmm. there isn't a name that stands out from your original question I'd say yes definitely go and sign him and I think that's a testament to us and the team that we've got because like you said it's that strong that there's maybe 15-16 players that you're saying we want to keep these guys and there's probably not many seasons before now that we've been able to say that. Hmm. Just interesting you're saying that see I never saw any of them before they arrived at Paris, but Andy Ryan, was he a kind of standout? Was it a kind of, I don't know if either do you, was he, when, once they signed, I saw his highlight reel, I thought, aye, well, you know, a boy can take three kicks. So, so he, was, he was the highest, he was the highest goal scorer in Scotland. Aye. Was it last year, the season before? And if you see my training and stuff, he could, he could put the ball in the net, that's for sure. That's for sure, and again, he was, he's, he's been a bit patient to get his, Chance and, and again, and it's a good thing because it's competition for places that makes Dickie, makes uh, uh, Nicky, and, and it forces attacking players to, to try harder. Mm-hmm. And and uh, get Beaver away, got his chance, and he's been absolutely fantastic as well. So it's, uh, and with his book about for next year and stuff, he, there's a reserve pool as well, so there'll be young players from elsewhere, uh, and the amount of work that the, that the guys do, the staff do, is away from football. Is, They'll know exactly what type of player they're looking for, uh, what type of attitude, what type of ability, what, where can they play, and, and how old are they, how young are they, and stuff like that as well. They'll have, that, they'll have those targets in mind. Uh, it's getting them as a hard thing, and that seems every any club, and I think Ross spoke about that in the first podcast, that it's, it's okay having targets, and it's, it's all the things that surround that in terms of, I don't think we're trying to get Vincent a lot earlier than he was actually here and that was Vincent said that himself right. and uh, so it's, it's okay just you know, this, they might do, they might do, this player might do a job but it's about actually the whole things that maybe the kind of influence with the, the money side of things or the contractual side that's become stuff. Mm. And we'll end on the most important thing in uh, pre-season is the new strip. Just hope it's as nice as the last couple. They've done very well. Yeah, yeah. I would. Uh, so I want black and white stripes. I would I, imagine that would be a, be a good show. Yeah, good vertical show. black and white stripes. <laughs> uh, black shorts. White socks. Yeah, white socks. Or I'd, I'd even go with red socks. Oh, no, no. Enough, I don't oh okay, fair enough. Anyway, so <laughs> we've been we've been rabbit on for enough time. I think it's time to close it up. I'd like to say thank you to you all, uh, Jordan. Thanks for sitting in. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. You've been you've been great, especially as this was sprung upon you. But uh, a great debut, David. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, David. You had a nice time. Great, yeah, been great. And Michael, thanks for being here again. Enjoy your editing. I can't wait. Okay, there won't be much to edit. And until next time, that was black and white noise. Thank you very much.